0: How's everybody doing? Um, I'm Hodge, and today I'm here with Gabby Bergholzer, correct? Correct. Uh-huh. And um, she is she's in the Army, right? And then you're now at this um, – you got – did you get chosen, or did you apply, or how did you get to where you ended up on the Army lift? Is it the lifting team,
1: strongman team? What is it exactly? So it's called the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team, and we have two sections. We have a CrossFit section and then a strongman section. Uh, On the CrossFit side, we have about 12 athletes. Uh, One also does powerlifting on the side, and then there's three three strongman competitors, uh, two males and myself. And the way it it happened was uh, a mass email was sent out to all the active duty soldiers in the U.S. Army and asking if anybody's interested in joining the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team. Uh, You had to send in an application, come out for tryouts for a couple of days and do an interview with the command team. Uh, I actually had uh, deleted all those emails, didn't think that it was for me, Uh, but the first session of the unit actually reached out to me via social media, said, hey, I've been watching you lift for quite some time now. Are you interested in coming out? I said, well, I don't do CrossFit. If you have anything else going on, I I would love to be a part of it. So he decided to also make a strongman team on the Warrior fitness team. And so I came out, tried out, and was selected uh, within a day. Awesome.
0: So um, how long are the orders are for there? Like, how does that work? Is it a typical like three, four year set of orders or how does so that work? So it's considered a,
1: a broadening assignment. So for officers, it's going to go two years and um, for the enlisted uh, soldiers, it's three years.
0: Okay. Okay. That sounds about, about usual. Mm-hmm. Um, so in general, let's, let's go back to um, like, when did you get in the army? What did you do before this? Like what was your MOS and everything?
1: So I joined in uh, 2013 as a Six-Gate Whiskey, which is a combat medic. I did that for a couple of years and was then selected by the Army to become a Special Forces recruiter out in Hawaii. Uh, Was there for about two and a half years before uh, I was selected for the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team. Okay. And you're in Kentucky now, right? Yes. The team is based out of uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky, because the U.S. Army Recruiting Command is also stationed out here.
0: How you like the difference between Hawaii and Kentucky? Probably big changes. Isn't it?
1: Can can I say no comments? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's it's yeah. definitely uh, quite a change. Uh, we obviously have the regular seasons here, so it gets quite cold in the winter time. Uh, had a little bit of snow actually, um, but yeah, I definitely miss Hawaii. Uh, I miss yeah. uh, not having to warm winter clothing. That's for sure.
0: There's something about the island here that when people leave, they end up at least coming to visit regularly, something, the island grows on people. You know, I hear people out come here and they'll fuss and they'll fuss about being here, but then when they go get orders somewhere else, they're always taking vacations coming back. So.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely planning on coming back. I did my first strongman competition that was unsanctioned in Hawaii. Uh, so I'm planning on returning for that every year. Um, it's in April. It's during the Hawaii Fit Expo. Sadly it was canceled this year because of the coronavirus, yeah. but, um, I'm planning on coming next year. All
0: competing. the as of right now, I don't know if you saw they canceled the Sean Ray. And Yes,
1: I saw all the NPC uh competitions are canceled as well. Yes. And uh,
0: the uh I don't know if I don't know if you were here when they started the Aloha, but it's been pushed back. They're hoping for November. So that's oh, wow. might be the only one that we have. But right now they're waiting to see when the gym's open because if the gyms don't open, people can't get
1: ready in time. Oh absolutely. I'm I'm sure everybody who is 16, even 12 weeks out is, is probably struggling at the moment. Yeah.
0: Now, um, you've had some experience doing what? You did women's physique or bodybuilding? Which category yep. was
1: it? Physique? It was women's physique. That wasn't the bodybuilding category, the Aloha muscle. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I did that. Uh, put my toe in the water. Tried it out. Uh, decided it wasn't for me just for the simple fact that I have an in effect ch- child. Uh, that didn't like the diet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love to lift. Um, and as you probably know, when once you get closer to actual competition time, you lose some of the strength just because you're depleting your body so much. And I really didn't like that. My coach back then kept saying to me, it doesn't matter how much you bench or how much you deadlift on stage. Uh, it only matters what you look like. And it's really that moment when I realized that, okay, I'm still going to do the competition. But after that, I wanna change into something where it actually matters how strong I am. Yeah. Um, and, and, and tried powerlifting for a little bit. Honestly, got a little bored because it's just those three general lifts that you do. Uh, tried also arm wrestling, did that uh, at the Hawaii Fit Expo, but ended up in Strongman and just fell in love with it and found my passion with it.
0: You know, it's funny how, how you bring it up about the strength. Uh, people say, no, it doesn't matter how you lift. And there is a certain point where you have to, you have to have that mentality. But I think honestly that people think about that too early in the prep and it causes them to kind of lift lighter and then they end up not being as big on stage as they can be. I mean, you see clips of Ronnie Coleman where he's deadlifting like 700 pounds two weeks from the Olympia. And uh, I mean, you know, I know the guy was a genetic freak, but I think people, I I've always try to tell people, don't you know, keep training as if you're trying to get bigger and stuff. Even when you're diet, let the diet do the work, because if you start backing off of the weights and you're mm-hmm. already in a deficit. Your body's already going to be prone to getting rid of muscle. You don't want to exacerbate that with with shitty training because you're not too worried about the weight. Like you should be setting goals and pushing yourself. Uh, I mean, there's a point to where your joints and stuff start taking pain when your body mm-hmm. fat's low. But besides that small period, you should be going balls to the wall all the way through as hard as you can. I think that um, also makes getting leaner a little easier because you're obviously you're working harder. But um, there are. That that is one thing. Some people want the numbers, they want the records and stuff, and some people just want to look good and that's where you hit that fork in the road. Now, what some people don't understand though, and I know you can you can you can put it on this with the strongman side is just because you're not bodybuilding and you're going into powerlifting or strongman that one involves more science than the other. I've trained people for both powerlifting and bodybuilding, and there is just as much science and technique, except you just have to change what the goal is. I mean, powerlifting and probably strongman too, you're going more for mechanics and getting the most, trying to get the lift, um, as easy as possible, using as much muscles as possible, using any mechanical advantage as possible, which bodybuilding is the exact opposite. You're condensing
1: the workload onto a smaller muscle so that you can get a bigger response out of the muscle. Oh, absolutely. Um, But that doesn't mean as a strongman competitor, we don't work on those smaller muscles as well. Uh, I do plenty of accessory work to support that bigger muscle group, um, just like you you did in bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've heard uh, a lot of people say, well, strongman competitors don't watch the diet as much, or they don't train as hard or just different. And I honestly completely agree uh, with the part that, yes, we train differently. But our diet um, also varies very much from bodybuilding. Um, I want to say that I eat more carb heavy now, uh, rather than before during bodybuilding. You did a lot of carb cycling, you know, cutting back on carbs the closer you get to the competition. And for me, it's actually the opposite. Uh, for strongman competitions, I actually up my carbs uh, the closer I get to my competition time. Uh, because in strongman, we do have weight classes. Uh, But they are very wide, so my weight category is from one hundred and forty-five pounds to one hundred and eighty pounds. So I actually don't have to do a lot of cutting uh, right before my comp competition. Actually, I I look more to gain a little bit of extra weight to have a little bit of more extra strength for the actual competition. That helps the joints too, right? To have a little bit of water in there and everything before you go in, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I try to not gain a lot of weight throughout my prep time in general. Like a lot of people they gain 15, 20 pounds and then do a water cut right before the competition. I completely disagree with the way of doing that. I feel like it does hurt your strengths. It does hurt your joints. And so I just try to stay at the same weight throughout my competition prep.
0: Yeah. Even with, um, even with MMA fighters that I've helped lose weight, I try to do it in a more comfortable fashion so they can come in without having to cut a lot at the end and their fights are better. So, and I know <laughs> it can be, yeah. So I definitely on the same page as you are. And another thing I don't think people realize that if you're just doing strongman with all the inventions you're doing, you're just eating whatever saying you're trying to get bigger and you go a shit way about eating certain
1: foods, you could be so uncomfortable that it could actually impede your training. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I tried a couple of different ways. Yes. I ate a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't have eaten for a while. And my, my workouts were awful. My strengths decreased. I felt sluggish, tired all the time. So I actually went back to counting macros like I did in my bodybuilding days, and it has improved pretty much all of my uh, different lifts. I have PR'd, PR's continuously throughout my uh, competition prep. You know, there's
0: all kinds of stuff you can think about. And I, you know, there are even times where I'll go in the gym and I'll, I'll miscalculate when to eat or I'll eat something I shouldn't. And I'm so bloated and stuff And I I can usually handle it. But when it comes to like legs, when I have to wear the belt and stuff, if I'm really bloated or backed up because I haven't been eating right, my leg day is just shit. So I would Absolutely. rather take the extra effort to eat
1: clean and be able to have a good workout. Cause that's, what's going to help you to grow. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I still throw a cheap meal in there every once in a while. It's just good for yeah. the soul, I believe. So I, <laughs> I do have my, my pizza or my sushi once a week. Uh, but other than that, yeah, my, my daily routine has pretty much stayed the same as during body, bodybuilding. Just, do you, take uh, care of,
0: intake, of do you have a, do you have a nutrition coach or do you take care of your own
1: stuff? Um, I take care of it myself at this point, um, bodybuilding. I had a nutrition coach for a couple months. He showed me the basics and I learned from there on, uh, just watched my, my own body, just watched how I felt for workouts before, after what, what would help me personally, because yeah, you can give somebody a cookie cutter, a diet plan, but at the end of the day, everybody's very different, uh, especially from male to female, I want to say. Uh, so I just learned over time, what works for me.
0: now when you when you do your diet like what are what 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 are your main food choices like what foods work best with your body and you know do you do you build your diet around because some people i know sometimes i go by blood types because i can i won't build the diet around the blood type but i'll know that if it's this blood type there's a good percentage of chance that this food will not work with them but this one will so and i like for instance o type we tend to have a higher acidity so i'll usually always put in red meat at night but if it's like a a I might put in salmon instead at night because it digests a little better because they might wake up bloated with the steak. Now, granted, as you get leaner and get more muscle and your metabolism goes up, a type A may be able to have steak, fine. But for the initial part, I always stick with what you know kind of agrees with their body better. And, of course, you know this. You always have the oddball who doesn't go by the rules. and You just have to figure trial and error to figure <laughs> out what works. So what's, um, diet-wise, what, what works best for you as far as foods to choose, how much per time, how many meals, all that stuff?
1: So my typical day-to-day diet uh, is five or six meals. Uh, in the morning, I'll have my half a cup of oatmeal, half a cup of um, egg whites, and one egg. And that's usually right before I go in and lift. We lift usually around from 10 to 12.30, one o'clock. Uh, after that, I'll have chicken with sweet potatoes and broccoli. Then two and a half hours later, I'll have chicken, <laughs> rice, and broccoli. And usually when I know the next day, Day is going to be a, a heavy lift day, a heavy deadlift or heavy squats. Uh, my nightly meal then, my I call it my refeed meal, is usually steak with uh, sweet potatoes and I'll add an extra two to three ounces of sweet potatoes in there and mm-hmm. uh, broccoli again. So s- still sticking with the, 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 those bodybuilding meals. <laughs> if, you, if you have your carbs, uh, maybe half an hour, an hour before your, your work session, uh, it definitely helps you, especially the slow-absorbing carbs. They'll just give you that yeah. energy boost throughout. You don't crash in the middle of your workout.
0: Yeah, and plus, like like at night, if they're if they're going to train, like, after their first meal in the morning, then usually the night before, I'll make sure they have carbs so that mm-hmm. that's also in their system. Because I've noticed it – now, me personally, I've noticed that, okay, if this person trains after their first meal, and because your standard cookie-cutter type diet pull full of carbs out at night, they're not going to have as much energy the next day because that one meal will be some carbs, but it may not be as much as they can hold to get ready. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. uh, Yeah. So sometimes – that was interesting. You say you put the carbs in at night because if you're training that early, you definitely use them. So I know Mm -hmm. they're not going to be stored as fat or anything like that. In fact, you're probably – your tanks are probably full and you probably have a better workout because you put them in before bed.
1: Absolutely. I've I've noticed a huge difference. I used to try to not eat a lot at night. And then I would notice that the next day's workout – I just couldn't put up the numbers or I, yeah. I couldn't follow through the entire workout. I just, I would go through the motion, but not actually, uh, I don't know, uh, not get the results that I wanted, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um,
0: now cause you mentioned sweet potatoes. Um, <laughs> since you left Hawaii, do you miss the Okinawan potatoes? Absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so much better. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do if I decide to move from here because those they taste so good, and I know like once you get away from the West Coast, they're very hard to find.
1: Yeah, but those I haven't are here yet, so I gotta stick with those uh, sweet potatoes and uh, just gotta suck it up. You know, yeah, I don't,
0: I don't <laughs> like, I don't like the orange ones. I don't like the yams. I'm a big Okinawan sweet potato guy, but I mean, like you said, you know, if that's your goal, that's what you got to eat. You got to eat it. You
1: know, I just put plenty of seasoning on it and call yeah. it a day.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're doing stuff for performance, you do have to pay attention because it, it can come down a little. Of one day, you know, you you start feeling sluggish, and you have to okay, well, I need to add carbs into this specific meal so that I feel better for the workout and things like that. So, um, they, when you as you said that because um, yeah, sometimes you know, as your body changes and as your performance changes, the diet has to change. So it's not like one one cookie cutter thing doesn't work. And once you get it, even when you get it working for your body, as your body changes, you're going to have to make a change to that diet to keep up with it, or it's no longer going to
1: work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for example, if I know I have a heavy deadlift coming up, heavy deadlift day coming up, uh, the night before I'll, I'll add an extra two, three ounces of carbs to my dinner meal. And then also in the morning before I have my oatmeal and instead of doing just half a cup, like I usually do, I usually take in a cup just to make sure that I have that extra, um, you know, energy to get the, the deadlift going, to uh, increase my, my deadlift every week to a PR.
0: I've seen, um, when, I, when I have guys do the bench squat deadlift, the powerlifting meets, I've noticed that if I don't, because this time i like segue to talking about training, but when, when I train these guys, like, you know, a few weeks out, I'll start doing supersets and stuff with them, and people are thinking, why are you doing that? I was like, well, there's an endurance aspect to it. And um, you, what you start seeing when you go to the meet is you're doing three attempts at each lift. You're doing nine lifts of heavy ass weight. People start getting worn out. But when I have guys there, I might even give them some intra workout with some with some like fuse or something just to sit between them as long as they don't get bloated. And it, it, they're still everybody's suck and win. They're still pretty good to go. You know, when it comes to do training and diet, that's one thing I know on the powerlifting side people don't think about getting prepping for because they don't they think it's because it's one rep that it's not going to tire them out now with what you do i'm interested in with how you train do you guys cycle different methods throughout the week or how do you keep to where you kind of get because you got to get a little bit of everything you got to be able to perform you got to be endurance you got to be strong Mm -hmm. so how do you divide that up if you can tell or at least give us a good idea of what the training's like so you can cover
1: all those bases (laughs) so i want to say my, my workout changes almost every week. Uh, just because I do have to listen to my body. Uh, so, yes, we do some endurance lifts where I go a little lighter, do a lot of M um, reps, uh, also EMOMs. I know they're all CrossFit terms, but um, so M rep as many rounds as possible. Uh, usually go for either 45 seconds or 60 seconds because at a competition, we do have a 60 second time window usually for a heavy lift. Um, and then I do my imams uh, probably weekly at this point. And that's going to be heavier weight, usually above comp weight, looking at 110% of my comp weight. And that's every minute on the minute, usually for 10 minutes. Okay. So I, I can't even tell you the last time I actually went for an actual max wrap, just because um, it's not really what they're looking for in a strongly competition. Uh, usually, I know that I can do the weight. I can go heavier, but during competition, it's more of an endurance. Even though we just say, "Oh, it's only sixty seconds," you have to do ten to fifteen, you know, uh, durations during that amount of time. So, yes, endurance is is a big part of my training at this point.
0: Okay, and that that justifies how you're having to raise the carbs and stuff up too, which is if somebody normally training for bodybuilding and stuff competition would cut them out. So. Makes perfect makes sense. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what, when you go, do, do the events that you guys do and the competitions change, or is it set, or what? what, what is usually a standard competition? First of all, how many times a year do you guys go and compete? Who do you compete against? Is it a standard competition, or is it like all the branches together,
1: or how do you guys do it? So, I, I compete on the civilian side, so any, any okay. competition competition that's out there um i will i will go and attend um i did give my a pro card in the middleweight division a while back so now i'm only able to do pro shows at this point uh so unless i go heavyweight or lightweight uh amateur competitions out of the question for me at the moment um so yeah uh, we compete i want to say between five and ten times a year whatever what? competition is available strongman uh we don't the, the competitions are not planned out far in advance. So sometimes the competition will randomly come up in like two months and we'll just go and attend.
0: What's the, um, what, what does the events look like as far as the strong ones? Like what, what kind of um, are the events change every time you go to a different competition or what kind of stuff do you guys do?
1: Absolutely. So the promoter of the competition can decide the events, uh, not only the number of the events, but which events uh, as strongmen competitors, we have our, uh, general set events that we know uh, throughout the year that are gonna show up in a competition or another. For example, Atlas stones or the log lift. Deadlift is very popular. Uh, I just recently did a sled drag um, arm-over-arm pool, um at the Arnold's. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. It was very heavy. It was over a thousand pounds. Um, but yeah, we have our regular ones and then they'll throw some random ones in there every once in a while. Especially at the Arnold, for example, there was six events instead of the usual five that I see at competitions, and the sixth event was n- not actually put out until um, a week prior to, so you couldn't actually train up for it. So it was it was still fun. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it was just it was unexpected that they would throw that in there.
0: Which Arnold was it? The one in Columbus?
1: Yes, yes, the the one in Columbus at high on back in March. Uh, sadly, no uh, spectators were allowed in, but we still yeah. had to compete luckily.
0: Yeah, I've I've always wanted to see some of those guys like um Hathorne and Brian Shaw in person and see what they look like in person because they look
1: like ridiculous on TV as it is. And, oh, they're uh, massive. Yeah. Um, they actually make me feel small. that that's great.
0: <laughs> it's like they're like close uh, to seven feet, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. Six seven is, is the tallest and when he walks by you, you just you're just amazed. He's just uh he's just massive.
0: I kind of like how the Arnold is now getting just as popular for the strongman as it is the bodybuilding. Cause I'll actually stop what I'm doing to watch the strongman events as well as the bodybuilding. Cause seeing some stuff those guys do. Cause I, I watched, I watched some when Hathaway broke the deadlift record and when he did the Apollo's axle and like clean and press it like three or four times, it was ridiculous. And see, you know, and I used to watch strongman when I was a kid too, cause ESPN used to play the reruns all the time. And it's um it's, I, I noticed that over the years from back when I watched it to now, the strongmen men are, are more and are in better shape. Cause I remember back when you had like chief iron bear Collins and this was the era where like Magnus for Magnuson was winning all the time. You know, some of them were just really, they were, they were fatter and bigger, but they can move a lot of weight. But now as you're starting to see these guys are coming in close to 400 pounds with a midsection and their, their endurance is up and they can do a lot of stuff. So, you know, as people talk about how bodybuilding has changed over the
1: years, you look at the strongmen, they're built completely different now as how they were maybe 15, 20 years ago. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, the sport itself has changed a lot too. If you look even back like the last 15, 20 years, uh, what they did back then for a max rep is now expected of a lower weight class to do full reps in the 60 seconds. So, uh, yeah, people are getting stronger every year. Um, I even see it in my weight class from, from last year to this year that the, the weights are being – up every time i go to a competition uh you have to get stronger you have you have to just go with the flow uh but those pros are are just impressive to watch not just the the, the men but also the women uh i got oh, to yeah. watch at the arnold they set some new world records while i was there uh just super impressive to watch
0: yeah and i mean just as much training and stuff goes into that as anything she so got i think that's a lot of wear and tear on your body and joints and you have to prepare for that and I, I don't sometimes I think people don't realize that. They don't realize what how much work goes into what you do versus the other the first the bodybuilding and, and like football and stuff like that. Like it's just as much dedication as effort as any other sport.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I I can't tell you, I mean, every week something else hurts in my body. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. <laughs> but you just you push through and you deal with it and you work around and yeah. I mean, just like with bodybuilder. Uh, strong competitors. We we go through the same process, we work on our diet on our training uh, sleep and rest cycles are very important as well so I myself take two to three days off a week where I just have an active rest day where I don't lift I still do something cardio related I mean it doesn't have to be uh, on the treadmill, I, I may just go for a hike or something just to to keep going and keep that doing stuff.
0: So. Yeah I was about to ask what, what kind of cardio regimen we on, because I'm sure there has to be Especially at least some interval hit type with weights, and it has to be some endurance stuff. I was curious about what
1: type of cardio they have you guys do. Being in the Army, I still have to uh, take the, um, the Army PT physical test every year. Yeah. So uh, that's a two-mile run in there. So I do run every once in a while just to keep it up and keep it going. But mostly, um, yeah, I'll, I'll hop on the treadmill or I go for a hike, just staying active that way. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll jump on a bike and do, like, a 5K or something at a higher speed or intervals just to keep my heart rate up.
0: Yeah, and you're eating enough to where you don't have to worry about any muscle loss or anything. Correct,
1: yeah. Okay. Absolutely.
0: Now, what before, when you were younger, were you involved in sports and stuff growing up or, or anything
1: like that? So, I actually grew up on a farm. So, lifting and carrying heavy odd objects, just like we do in Strongman, was technically a, a daily show for me uh so I've noticed even as a child I was always a little stronger than the other girls I was uh was always running around outside lifting something doing something crazy um wasn't really involved with sports until I joined the army and that's when I really started getting into um lifting staying fit just because you have to stay fit in the army uh and yeah like I said I I then found my passion for lifting bodybuilding and then strongman where did you grow up I grew up in Austria, uh, Kingdom okay. States, yeah. as an adult, uh, as an exchange student, and uh, just fell in love with the country. And that's awesome. why I decided to uh, join the greatest branch there is, the United States Army.
0: <laughs> I've, uh, I noticed an accent in there, that's so why I was asking. I figured. And plus, <laughs> with just the way you're building stuff with the genetics, I know it's not American. Like when you see, you know, what it looks like that makes more sense that you tell me you're from Austria. Yeah, and growing up on the farm and stuff, it can – I I, I kind of – well, I was in North Carolina up in the mountains. We did the same stuff. So it's nothing for us to go out and dig out ditches after it rains to get the driveway cleared out and stuff like that. So as far as my muscle connection and, and learning how to do something like me and my brother and grew up there, we catch on a lot quicker. But when, when there's people that have grown up in, in apartments and haven't done a lot of yard work and they go and get to the gym, I kind of so – when I train those people – I have to like go back a few levels and teach them just how to find their muscle when they're training because they've never really used it a lot. But, you know, in Hawaii, there's a lot of Filipino, Samoan, a lot of cultures that grew up doing a lot of work, a lot of manual labor. So when these guys touch the weights, usually they catch on quick and they blow up pretty fast, especially the Samoan guys, like they're strong as hell. So, you know, it, it's it, when you, when you said the farm thing, it's like that makes a lot of sense because a lot of those mechanics and stuff you probably got just working on the farm. I mean, I did landscaping and stuff. I've done, Hey, uh, I've done all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I can definitely relate with that. And it does – i honestly, now that we're talking about it, it when people start be, having their kids being afraid to train because they're young, I'm like, if that were true, we wouldn't be able to do any of the work that we did growing up because it's just muscle-resistant stuff. Yeah, so when people are like, my kid, I'm afraid to have my kid train, I'm like, we used to go out and bust wood and lift trees and stuff. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just more organized, but you still have the same stress on the muscle.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think it's, a, it's actually better if we, as, you know, have our kids be outside and work outside when they're still kids, uh, because there's actually been uh, some studies done that this generation coming up now, because they spend so much time inside, you know, playing video games, not being active, that actually their bone density is not as dense, and they're more likely to have injuries. Not to mention so, their
0: immune system, especially with what's going on right now, and kids staying inside, their immune system is actually- probably not as good absolutely so, i mean we used to go out and eat play-doh and stuff i mean do all kinds of dumb <laughs> stuff and then you know i've noticed we get sick we can get over a little bit quicker that's when kids immune systems are are, are developing if you don't get them out into the stuff they're not gonna not gonna develop as well
1: oh absolutely couldn't agree what more. you
0: where do you where do you see yourself like 10 years down the road as far as career lines it's like um are you are you gonna stay in the army till you retire are you gonna go now what organization did you get your pro card in
1: uh, middleweight division. Like uh, what strong organization? Strongman Corps.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, do you, do you plan? Do you see a, a career outside the army doing the strongman stuff, or or what do you see? What's what's your goal? What's your plan?
1: I mean, I'm definitely gonna continue uh, competing in strongmen as long as my body will let me. Um, career wise, I'm gonna stay in the army. Uh, probably do the full twenty if they'll let me. Um, I would like to switch over to the officer side eventually. Um, I've been enlisted for about seven years now. I love my time, but I would like to get a little bit more leadership experience on the officer side. See.
0: When, um, when you guys think you're going to compete again, how many more you actually, how many more years have you have left on the team?
1: So I joined the team back in uh, August of last year. So I still got good year and a half, two years left for okay. sure. Um, planning on competing. So they just, uh, announced that um, my next two competitions are being rescheduled. They haven't put up really a date for it yet, but I was supposed to compete at America's Strongest Woman. uh, That was supposed to be in June in San Diego, California, at Wanda Shore. And then I was supposed to compete at World's Strongest Woman in Canada in July. So both of those are being rescheduled, hopefully, for later in the fall.
0: Okay. So I know there's going to be people listening that are just wondering, as far as your your basic core lifts like bench squat deadlift you still do those like what kind of numbers do you put up
1: yeah i still squat bed and deadlift uh bench not so much uh deadlift my max i want to say is about 520 right now uh squat looking at 405 ish <laughs> what, what,
0: what weight class <laughs> what weight class are you in what's Middle? what's middleweight what's the number middleweight
1: middle middle weight goes up to 180 pounds
0: oh shit! Okay.
1: And that's Uh, usually what I say that I'm, I'm roughly 180 at any given day. Is there anything else before we end that you want to add or you want to say? Last thing I want to say is I want to give a huge shout out to all the women out there in the strength sport. Uh, Keep kicking ass. Uh, Don't let anybody tell you that muscles don't look beautiful on women. Um, Keep doing what you're doing and keep loving yourself.
0: I'm very glad you said that. I think a lot of, there's some women out there that are afraid that want to train and usually what you see is they'll start training and they once they start seeing their body change, they kind of get addicted to it and then all that goes out the window. But I know there's a lot of people who won't take that initial step because they're always worried about whether the people are going to look down on them, especially in other countries where that stuff's a little bit more taboo than it is in America. So I'm glad you said that. Definitely. Um, when it comes down, when it comes down to it is what makes you happy. Cause if you're not happy, you're sure as hell not gonna be happy to anybody else or make anybody else happy. On that note, I would like to thank, thank you so much for coming on and me do this interview. Um, I know once you left the island, I started looking at your Instagram and saw you were doing this stuff, and I thought it would be great to talk and get some info on it. And I hope everybody enjoyed the listen. And hopefully this stuff blows over and you get to get back to competing soon. So the next competition, you know, what, what's your goal the next time you compete? Like what are you, what, are you, what are you shooting for? You try to take like a whole overall or trying to win a weight class? I don't know
1: exactly how it goes. But. Uh, so there's, there's no overall. <laughs> like yeah. there is in bodybuilding, uh, you just take a place. Uh, yeah. Shooting for hopefully top five. It's gonna be my first pro competition. So top five will be will be amazing. And they what, they average all the events together,
0: like as you win one, you get so many points and then whoever wins the majority.
1: Um correct, correct. So you get um points for each event. Uh obviously if you did the most reps, for example, you get the most points. And that also decides the order of who goes up next at the next event, Oh. which okay. is great. So let's say you win the first event. Yeah. Everybody else is going to go before you. So you know exactly how many reps you will have to do at the second event to win that event again.
0: Oh, so there's, there's actually perks. So if you keep winning each event, then you know how much to win and plus conserve yourself so you don't overdo it. Correct.
1: So you, you may not have to do the 20 reps that you could possibly do. You may only have to do 14 and you can save some energy for the next event coming up. Interesting. Wow.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and, you know, let me find out more about what you do, interviewing and everything. And um, of course you being in the army, you know, I'm sure me and everybody else thanks you for service and what you do. And uh, it's really awesome that you get this opportunity to do the, the strong man thing for the army. It's like the best of everything right now. And it's really awesome opportunity. And I hope you get, I hope you, you know, get the most out of it. You get everything you want out of it before you move on to your next set of orders. So um, thanks for joining us, Gabby. And um, everybody, you wanna
1: you wanna shout out your IG to people so they can follow you if you want? Absolutely, thank you, Hodge. Yeah, my IG is Gabby underscore the Austrian Oaktress. Okay. Just like Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Austrian oak. I'm the Austrian oaktress.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And I'll um if you guys look at the bottom of this video or the podcast, no matter depending on which version you listen to, I'll put the link to her Instagram at the bottom so you guys can click and follow her on there. All right, uh, Gabby, thank you for taking this time out to uh, do this interview and stuff, and hopefully we'll be talking again soon after you win one of these
1: events coming up in the fall. Thank you so much, Hodge. I really appreciate it.